everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Showdown Podcast. My name is Jesse Jones, and on the show today, we have Karen Wells from Green River Whiskey, baby. That's right. Karen Wells, national brand ambassador for Green River Whiskey, is on the program. We sit down and we talk whiskey. We talk how she got into the business, talk about all the good things Green River's doing right now, talk about how it is one of the go-to bottles for people that like whiskey in the industry. That's how I found out about it. Friends I respected go, yo, you got to, I don't know, they didn't say yo, they're over 14, but they were like, you need to try this whiskey. It is damn good. So her and I sit down, we talk about it, and then we do what we do on this show when we're talking good whiskey. We drink it. That's right. I want to thank Karen for coming on the show. It was such a good time, and I got to see her again. You're going to hear us reference that I was doing a barrel pick with their new single barrel program, and then right after we shot this about a month later, where am I? I'm in Kentucky with my buddies at Liquor at the Lake in Lake Wiley, South Carolina, and we are sitting with Steve Nally and Karen Wells doing a barrel pick for Green River for Liquor at the Lake. That is coinciding with this week's episode coming out. If you go to Liquor at the Lake, you can pick up the Green River single barrel pick that we did for them. It's in store right now. You can go, you can pick it up. It is some delicious freaking whiskey. So, Thank you, Karen, for coming on the show. It was uh, it's, it's awesome when you get to know somebody via the interview, but then it's like a whole nother level when you actually work with them. When you sit there, you're going through the barrel pick together. Everybody's nosing. Everybody's tasting. You're seeing where whose palates align. It was a good time, and it was good meeting Steve, good hanging out with him a little bit, great talking to Karen as always, and this is just one of those fun episodes, guys. We sit down. We geek out about whiskey. We drink it. We talk about it. It's what this show's all about. So, Karen, thank you again for coming on the show. Can't wait for you guys to hear this one. Head on down to Liquor at the Lake. That is where this barrel pick is. This is uh, synergy at its best. Love the fact that we were able to talk about the whiskey, talk about their new single barrel program, and then head to the distillery and actually do a pick with them. It was just a great time, and it's all it's all here. You're going to hear about it. You're going to be able to go to Liquor at the Lake and buy a bottle and taste it. It's everything put together with a nice little bow for the holiday season. So we want to thank you guys for listening. If you would, please go hit like and subscribe on Instagram on YouTube, go to Apple Podcast, leave us a five-star review, leave us a review, leave us whatever you want to leave us. If you want to know, if you want somebody on the show that we've not had yet, if you can't hear it, I've been talking for about five days. So is my voice strained? Maybe. Does whiskey help it? I think so. But if you do those things for us, it really helps the show. And without further ado, we're going to get this thing started right now. It's Karen Wells. It's Green River Whiskey. It's the Bourbon Showdown Podcast. My name's Jesse Jones. Let's start the show. All right, I am here today with Karen Wells, the national brand ambassador for Green River. Thank you so much for being on the show, Karen. It's a pleasure to meet you. Hey, thank you for having me. Excited to be here with you today. I'm excited to drink some Green River with you. I am too. Oh, man, I was telling you right before we went on that I I love a product that's got a buzz around it. Like, like, like you when industry folks are telling you you need to try it, 
you know you've got some good liquid on your hands. And I've had multiple people, like I was at an event like last September and a, a buddy was like, dude, you got to, let's pop the top. Let's drink this right here, right now. And I was like, you know, he means it because he doesn't represent that brand. Yeah. Yeah. That's always a good thing. You know, uh, that, that was our whole goal is to, is to make it not just to revive a brand, but to make it a, an excellent product as well. So. Well, I think you've accomplished that. And uh, now, Ka- Karen, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into whiskey? Yeah, I have a really unique story, honestly. Um, I, I, I enjoyed whiskey or bourbon my entire life, but uh, I call this my third career. Um, I actually uh, spent the majority of my life in Florida, and I was a public school teacher. Um, and that caused me to drink. No, wait, no, that's not what I'm supposed to say. Uh, no, that's the first um, thing I thought though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I enjoyed, I love teaching. However, it was a little frustrating at times. So, um, part of the state retirement didn't want to lose that. And so I found another career that was state retirement and that happened to be firefighting. So I actually retired as a lieutenant and paramedic in Orange County Fire Rescue, which is the Orlando, Florida area. Wow. So you've yeah. been just a good person your entire life. You've gone from <laughs> teaching kids to putting out fires. I, I think after all of that, you deserve to drink. Yeah, right. Well, you know, it, it tends to help. You know, those careers kind of go hand in hand with the uh, spirit world. But uh, <laughs> but I so I retired from, you know, retired from everything and moved from Florida to Kentucky uh, to Owensboro and um, happened to be going to a, a bourbon society meeting. And um, the people that I was sitting with worked for the distillery and had just gotten on the bourbon trail. And I casually mentioned that I was retired and that I'd love to be a part-time tour guide. And uh, that's how it all got started back in 2018, believe it or not. Oh, that's awesome. So you started off as a tour guide, you learned everything there was to learn and then sort of step-by-step built yourself to where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. Started part-time, rolled into full-time, rolled into the backup for our head distiller and then, uh, was asked if I wanted to be the national brand ambassador. So, you know, I, I was like, well, what does it involve? And they're like, well, you have to talk to people. And I love to do that. Uh, you, you know, you have to travel, love to do that. Uh, you'll have to drink bourbon. Oh, okay. That's a problem. No. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it just all worked out. And so I'm really, I'm having a blast. I enjoy it. And, uh, it's very easy to talk about a product and a brand that is just flat out good. So well, let's do that. Tell me a little bit about Green River, one of the oldest distilleries in whiskey. Yeah. And and now experiencing new life. What walk me through that a little bit. Where how did Green River get started? Yeah. So 1885, J.W. McCulloch, he started the uh the distillery in Owensboro. Uh it, it was actually a little distillery that was on the Green River, which is how we got the name, or it got the name back then. <laughs> um he it was a terrible location. So he moved it to Owensboro on the Ohio River. Uh, we have to assume he named it Green River to honor the original location of where it was. Um, made it popular, hugely popular. This became the most widely advertised whiskey in the world from 1885 through 1918. And uh, it, it was literally considered um, just a... I don't know, just for lack of better terms, it was just a great product. And and I think back to 1885 to 1918, it was really hard to um, move things across the country. And right. Green River won 
Yeah, it, it won awards across not just the United States, but across the world. It uh, won awards in Paris. It won awards in Milan. It won the World's Fair multiple times. Um, so, you know, this was an iconic brand back then. Uh, the, the, the most interesting part for me about the history of the brand, though, has to be the fact that for 18 years, Green River Whiskey was the official whiskey of the United States Marine Hospital. Now, back in the day, you know, pre-prohibition, uh, it wasn't just the U.S. Marine Hospital. It was the U.S. Marine Hospital, public health systems, and U.S. embassies. That was just one big umbrella. And you had to petition the federal government to get awarded that contract. And Green River won that award for 18 years. Oh, wow. So to me, that says something about the whole brand and the, and the quality of the product. Yeah. Well, and you've got that right on the bottle, DSPKY10. Like you guys have been yes. in it for a very long time. Yeah. So, you know, a, a unique fact with DSP numbers is, you know, you get one wherever you are in the United States and it goes by your state, which I know you know this. Um, but in Kentucky, these numbers were handed out in order and they stay with that distillery or that owner. So to say that, yeah, we are the 10th oldest licensed distillery in the state. That's huge. I mean, and the fact that we sit on the original property as to where Green River was back in 1885, that makes it even more uh, just just dumbfounding to me and, and historical because, you know, to say you can walk back there, heck, if you took a, uh, a um, what do you call it, the metal finders, you, you'd probably find something from back then, you know, right. if you dug deep enough, I'm sure, if you dug deep enough. But, you know, so the, the brand was going along well. 1918 rolls around and a trash fire takes out the entire distillery in three hours. Oh, wow. It was, uh, yep, three hours. It really didn't even take that long. They had the fire out in two, but then it smoldered for a little longer. So it was like 43,000 barrels of whiskey. Uh, back then, it would have been an estimated value of like $3 million, something like that. And then uh, they only were able to save 140 barrels wow. of that whole thing. Yeah, That's... three hours gone. Well, I mean, first off, uh, they needed Karen back then, which I'm, I'm sure you've <laughs> yeah, right. you heard that before. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think with the technology back then I could have done much. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the majority of dealing with fires back then was just like get away from it, right? Like, like make sure yeah. everybody's safe. Yeah, poor things back then. You know, you're pumping water, you know, like literally hand pumping it. So that right. would even with the Ohio sitting right there probably wouldn't have done much of anything. So. Yeah. I mean, such a, you know, you that, there's a reason Rick Houses have such a strict uh, set of rules regarding sparks and <laughs> anything yeah. that could potentially yeah, start absolutely. a fire. Uh, yeah, and so much wood back then, you know. Yeah, completely. It, 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 it's, hard it's, lumber. it's absolutely wild, though, to think. I, I'm always fascinated by this era of whiskey because there were so many brands. Like a lot of people associate modern day whiskey with the three or four main titles that come to that came out after prohibition. You know what I mean? Like the the right. four or five guys that made it through the seventies and that that kind of low that low time in whiskey. Yeah. Uh, but back in the day, like and it wasn't just Kentucky, North Carolina, like like there were all sorts of states that were producing pre-prohibition, uh, case in point the naming structure, and then prohibition comes and everything takes a hit so so what yeah. did what did green river do after the uh after it burnt down yeah so you're right it, you know 
1918 was just before Prohibition started. Uh, and so it never really got rebuilt. And Prohibition started in 1920, ran through 1933. Um, McCulloch himself passes away in the middle of Prohibition. So when Prohibition's over, the brand doesn't get revived. It, it, it just kind of, they somebody buys it, they try to revive it. It is not successful. The property that we're on actually gets uh, turned into or bought by the hands of uh, the Medley family, which yeah. I'm sure you're very familiar of with. Course. You know, so no Sam um, very well. But the, yeah, but uh, but the brand of Green River um, just kind of fades out. They try to revive it. It just doesn't really, you know, doesn't really amount to the the significant brand that it once was pre-prohibition. <laughs> So that, once that, it fades out, yeah. That's got to be heartbreaking, too, because it's like one yes, of the largest it, brands in like literally the world at a time when yeah. it's not really it's not the easiest thing to do to get your you know whiskey to another geographic region. So you really did lose a national household name in terms of, of spirits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, once with with Prohibition ending, the whole U.S. Marine Hospital that that all went away. You, you know, right. you couldn't make medical claims with alcohol. So, you know, there was a lot of it, it was a significant time, you know, and and, uh, and it was very sad. You know, you have to think about what, the industry for Owensboro, where we are pre-prohibition. Owensboro had 22 active distilleries. Twenty two. Wow. I mean, that's that's insane with Green River being one. So you have to you have to assume that the majority of the um income for these families in Owensboro was distilling. You know, whether you were worked at the distillery or whether you were a farmer that provided the grain, you know, some way, shape or form, these families lost a, a massive amount of income, you know, with, with that happening. So, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, it, it just kind of faded away. They, they tr- tried to do it up to the forties and fifties. And then, and then the brand just kind of, it, it just fizzled out. Completely disappeared. Uh, yep. So it, it, which, to be fair, it didn't miss a great boom in whiskey for the years it was gone. Uh, when did it come back on the scene? Like, when did it? Who, who was it? The Medleys that brought it back? Like, who who took it to the next stage? Yeah, no. Um, the brand was sold uh, again. It, it kind of fades away, and it wasn't until uh, we revived the distillery. Starting, we bought it. Was bought in 2014 by a group of investors, mm-hmm. and the distillery, you know, got back up and running. And then it was. Uh, in 2020, when we relaunched and, and brought Green River back home after over 130 years. So that's, you know, it was a significant a significant day for not only us, those of us working at the distillery, but for the brand of Green River to, to have this iconic brand come home after all those years and come back home to its original property. Uh, I think that's part of the unique story that we have, um, that to bring this back, and not only not just to revive a brand, but to revive it with a really, really good product, not just one, but multiple products. That's the thing that blew my mind when I tasted this uh, uh, is so good. Like, like I'm very interested to try the single barrel as I've not had that one yet. But the quality that you guys have put back out there, I guess my question would be, how do you bring a brand back from the dead? Like, what are the steps? Like there has to be, you, you got the original DSP number. That's not an easy thing to do. Walk me through a little bit. Once it is, uh, once 
it 2014 and it gets bought and they they have an idea of what they want to do H- how did the partnership with bardstown come about like like what were the steps that had to be taken to get us to where we are in 2023 yeah well i think from a dsp number standpoint we really have to go back and and thank charles medley so charles was the last master distiller for the property um, and how the whole DSPKY 10, he kept renewing that license even after he closed the operations. Oh, so wow. because that license kept getting renewed, that was, that was a, a huge contributing factor for us. You know, uh, the group of investors that came in, you know, the property in 2014 was pretty dilapidated. I mean, it, it you know, you, you had to really have a good vision for it. The bones were great, but everything else was just, it was a mess. So but, it took, a it took, took it a was couple still of years to get everything. Yeah. The buildings were there, the building, and this was from the medleys, you know, uh, from when they had it. So the buildings were there, but most of the roofs were gone. You know, uh, you know, the still was not functioning. Um, the fermentation, you know, all those things had to be redone. And and so there was a, it, you know, it, it was a huge undertaking. I mean, truly a huge undertaking. But uh, two years later, 2016, we, we finally got the still going and, and started producing, you know, 20, started in 2016, got the first batch out in 2017. So. Yeah. And then just kind of grew it from there. The original investors, uh, you know, it wasn't they were an investor group. So, you know, you have to think in the back of their mind that it wasn't a long term goal for them to keep the distillery. Right. Uh, and they, you know, and they ended up selling it uh, when we got bought last year in July by Bardstown Bourbon Company. Um, fantastic, fantastic organization. I mean, so proud to be a part of it. What a great you know? decision too. Uh, in in terms of pumping out the quality that you needed to bring the brand back. Like, like just when that happened last year, I I, just brilliant. Like nothing about it did not fit in my mind in terms of what you needed to do to get back out there on a national level and really compete for shelf space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was, a, I think it was an interesting time because I think originally, you know, we were, we were a big contender in the, in contract distillation as well. Uh, you know, we have a 54 inch column still mm-hmm. that's four stories tall. And when it's, when, when it's pumping, uh, like right now we're putting out about 400, 450 barrels a day. Um, so when Bardstown originally started looking at us, I, I think they were looking at us for our, uh, our capabilities, what we could put out. But when they realized and understood the history of our brand, they're like, oh, my gosh, we're sitting on a gold mine. Right. Literally, you right. Know, no pun intended yeah. there, because <laughs> Green River was considered the most expensive whiskey ever sold back in the day. Did you know that? I did not. Uh, 20, 20 barrels of Green River whiskey were traded for a share of a Colorado gold mine. And lo and behold, that mine panned out. <laughs> Wow. Like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, Bartstown realized it. And now, you know, it's just we're we're just one big, happy family, two separate locations and just, you know, going going at it. That's awesome. So you you were already producing for other people back when you were acquired by Bardstown and just sort of folded into your capabilities with with their sort of uh, brand understanding. And and right. from that, because because before last year, how many states were you like like before everything? How many states were you in? Yeah, when when we when we first launched in 2020, we were in four states. 
we were in Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee, and Missouri. Uh, and then with the acquisition by Bardstown, it allowed us to add 21 more uh, markets into it because wherever uh, we were with Bardstown, now we can bring Green River right into those markets as well. And that was so. that was my main thought because there's certain markets, uh, control states being one of them, <laughs> where you need that little it, it's a nice um introduction to have when you can just say well bardstown's in so we're in too yeah well and and i think the buzz was already there so for a lot of these states to know that they can now get green river uh -huh. they don't have to wait you know i think that has been huge because uh so many people were were just chomping at the bit and, and, you know, we were uh, we were a sales team of one and a half. I always joke around uh, and say that, you know, I, I helped wherever I could, but I was also marketing. So I kind of, you know, rode the fence there for a little bit. And, uh, and and we did everything that we could do. So it it was a beautiful, a beautiful marriage between two uh, two big distilleries. Well, and word of mouth does have a lot to do with it. Like I've heard there's so many whiskeys out there right now. And I've heard so many good things about Green River. And when you've got so many options and it, if I don't know you and I don't know the bottle next to you, but I have a friend that has recommended one of them, I'm picking that one up before I you know what I mean? And uh, right. just people I respect Absolutely. have been on the bandwagon since day one. My buddy uh, Hunter Thurston, if he has a chance, he's he's probably talking about how good Green River is right now. It's it's just yeah. you know people whose palates you respect, you uh, right. you listen to them when they recommend something. Absolutely. Well, and the other thing too is that for the price point, <laughs> you can try this. You can try this bourbon and not be sweating bullets that did you just pull the trigger on something that isn't going to taste good? Completely. You don't have to worry about that, Completely. you know, and so and, <laughs> and the other thing I always tell people too: drink the bottle. It's not going it, to break the bank. You know, you don't have to feel bad. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to I'm going to drink this bottle and then I'm not going to have it again. It's like, no, you can go and buy another one. And, you know, so you're, you're good to go. You know, just have fun with it. Completely. I, I love that mentality, too. Uh, I don't care if you spent twenty five dollars, thirty five dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars. If you've bought it, drink it like there is no drink point it. in having it if you're not going to enjoy a pour of it every time you want one. That's exactly it. I don't want to I don't want to cry or sit there and be stingy on my bourbon. I just no. want to go and share and, and and enjoy it. So, yeah, the purpose so, is yeah. to share it for sure. And Having said that, you have shared some uh, delicious whiskey with me. Uh, you want to dive into a couple of these bottles? Sure, sure. What do you have there in your hand? Right now, I've got the the Kentucky Straight Bourbon, and uh, you, okay. And then from you, tell me which direction we should go. We've got the bourbon, we've got the weeded, we've got the single barrel. So where would you like me to start? Personally, I always like starting with the weeded bourbon, uh, simply because uh, the wheat is a sweeter grain. So once we get into the rye, you know, the rye bourbons, uh, it's going to skew our palates a little bit on that sweetness. So I always like starting with a with a weeded bourbon. So what we have here, we just released this about four months ago. So this is 70 percent corn, 21 percent wheat and 9 percent malted barley. Oh, the nose on this is fantastic. It, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I've had it airing out now for about 40 minutes. Uh Upon initial, just, uh, man, 
upon initial uh, nosing, it really, the creamy of that wheat comes through in the nose and, and good Lord. What, what is that? That is, it's like, I can a, tell you what I get, but I don't like to No, it's like a cream sickle because I don't want to skew somebody's yeah. Cream sickle that that'll work. A lot of, a lot of stone fruit in this one. Like apricot is one that always stands out to me on this. Getting a hint of it, the of, of a sugar note from the apricot for sure. Yep. Yep. But I can't get past. There's that beautiful <laughs> harvest grain, which I know is a is a yeah. is a cop out because it's wheat. But that that <laughs> when you smell it, you can almost see the wind blowing the wheat in the sun. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it is very uh, fragrant in its in, in the nature involved. Yeah, we we actually use uh, soft red winter wheat on these in in this in this mash bill. It really just presents a lot differently, and you know we have a high, very high corn content. Seventy percent is considered high. We have non-chill filtration here, so you 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 have a lot of those fatty acids are left in the bourbon, and you you get a much fuller nose, and you get a, also a much more uh, consistent palate all the way through. And how old is this guy? Uh, we're looking at a five-year-old profile on this. That's what you need for a good weeded. You got to put some age on it. Yep. Oh, I, I love a nose that you can sit with and just keep finding things in. It's always the quality of a interesting pour, a volumatic pour. Like you're going to get more flavors out of it. Like if you get this much in the nose, that when you dive in, you're kind of setting yourself up for success. Yeah, I think. Um, I think sometimes we. You know, and, and if we don't allow that bourbon to sit out, I think a lot of people make that mistake. I Pop think we, drop. you know, yeah, I think we, you need to let it sit out for a little bit. At least, you know, I like five, 10 minutes, you know, let it sit out, let it get some, some oxygen, let it breathe. I mean, you got to figure it's been cooped up in a bottle. <laughs> so, so, so let it, let it sit out and breathe. And, and then you're going to really just allow it to, uh, allow it to do what it's supposed to do, which is just give you all kinds of flavors going on in there. Now, I don't normally like to spend a lot of time on the nose because I, I, I like to let the people listening what they taste. You don't want to put ideas in their head. Right. But having said that, I'll break my own rule because there's something in this that I can't put my finger on. I'm, I'm, I'm getting the fruit notes. I'm getting a hint of that sweet from the apricot. I'm getting the cream. I'm getting everything that gets associated with the weeded. But on that fragrant on that harvest grain note what is hiding under there there's one thing i can't put my finger on like very at the very tip of the nose yeah uh, for me it's honey is that what it is is that it's the sweet honey that i'm for, getting okay it, it's 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 a honey sweetness on it okay that like a break that makes perfect sense it's almost yeah. like a honey nut uh like a like a, a honey nut cereal <laughs> uh, 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 what's the other cereal that's the one that i'm really getting honey honey bunches of oats or whatever honey like, bunches of oats yeah i'm getting that yeah. blast of honey sweet yeah. that's what it was yeah. it, it, skip past this part if you don't want to hear if you want to do it yourself with your own nose but that's yeah. that was driving me nuts because i was sitting there and i'm like yeah. that, what's the other side of this because i, I can yeah. feel it it is. It's. It's a. It's. It is a sweet uh, cereal. But the beauty, I love how that is interacting with those sweet fruit, with that little bit of. Uh, I'm getting apricot yep. and a little bit of plum. Like I'm getting a little bit of a sweet yep. plum more than apricot. But yep. I mean, that's everybody's nose is different. 
it's a stone fruit. I'll tell you one thing that goes really nice with this, and I pick it up every now and then, is um, like a like a dried cherry. Oh, okay. And, and okay. It, you know, you can you can you can get that every now and then. Oh. And but, I think a lot of times it depends on the time of the day and what I've what I've had to eat throughout the day. But I love how it mixes together. I I love the stone fruit combined with that honey cereal. Like that is just beautiful. Yeah, it's a it's a really it's a really um, different weeded bourbon. It, yes, it very really, much so. It's, it stands out. It, you know, I think um, sometimes we have, I think weeded bourbons get a get a bad rap that they 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 sell short. You know, you because we are always used to the spice of a rye carrying through to the finish, and you know, people the, get the Kentucky hug. I think a rye gets a bad rap, or I mean, excuse me, a weeded gets a bad rap because it, it can if it's done right. You know, that's and, what I was going to say. Think ours proves it. You have to do it the right way. There's no yeah. quick gains in whiskey if you don't give that weeded whiskey time to to age properly yeah. uh, you the reason so many rise come to the market first is because in that 18 to tw two year time period even if and this is just me and you talking because you know if you're new to tasting and you get a two-year rye now i'm not talking about the people that know i'm talking about a new consumer who picks up yeah. a two-year rye whiskey they are not going to uh be as they're not going to be as picky let's say as somebody with a long with a with an older palate but i say that to say this you put a two-year rye and a two-year weeded next to each other the consumer is going to taste the difference because the rise you can pick more up in two years than you can with a weeded offering yeah yeah Ramble absolutely through that but i think you get my point yeah <laughs> we'll stumble through together it's all good one of the big things that i hate is when people i i don't want to be condescending to people that are just getting started like 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 there's nothing yeah, no. wrong with liking what you like and enjoying your yep. part of it like enjoy that new that newbie time that you have because that's when everything's brand new and you just love it because your palate's never had it before and and yep. so that two-year rye is fantastic if that's where you at and that's what you're that's what you're taste buds are craving so uh, well, uh when they push out that early rye that's why they could get it done in two years and still have it be right. palatable to people well and and i would say this to the people that are, are new to bourbon you know and, and to the connoisseurs as well our palates change and they continue to change and and so you know i i always use an analogy of when we were kids um we <laughs> I mean, I personally, I don't know about you, but I personally love SpaghettiOs. I could eat those things straight out of a can. I thought they hot were the cold. greatest things to slice bread. Yep. Yeah, hot or cold, didn't matter. Pop that baby <laughs> open and let's go. Uh, but, you know, now my palate has grown. And, and so to go back there, it's like I might like it, but it's not what my palate wants because I understand the different flavors. That's and it's right. the same thing when you're drinking bourbon. It, you know, your palate is young and it, and it has to learn to understand these things. And then as it grows, so will your like and dislike of different bourbons, be it the weeded bourbon or a high rye bourbon or, or whatever it is. Uh, you know, most people start out with the weeded bourbon because they think that it's sweeter. They think, you know, they get, you know, it's it's less harsh to their palate. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's fine. There's no right or wrong about it. You just have to, you know, do what's right for you. you that's know? right. Very eloquently put. Uh, 
I rambled something into a tumbler glass and you shook it, stirred it, and poured it out. That was beautiful. <laughs> I don't know about that, but you know, <laughs> it's like you, you uh, you've got an app on your phone called the Jesse D scrambler. You, you, you took is that, that what it is? I think that might be what it was. I'm, I'm going to just, uh, just blather. And then you can turn that blather into a proper pour. That we'll go on the road. We'll do our own road show. How's there that? you go. There you go. Uh, all right, the nose is gorgeous. I'm going in. Lame as it sounds, I, I want my whole room to smell like this. If I could buy a candle that smells like this weeded, I would have, have it lit right now. Yeah, go for it. I've been sipping on it. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, man. I love it. I love it when the patience pays off. The time spent, that five-year, oh, my goodness gracious. Just uh, yeah. sweet and creamy. The viscosity of it. It's oh, just yeah. got it. it yeah. Oh my, what is the proof on this? Is it 90? 90 proof. Yeah, yeah, look at the legs on this thing for 90 proof. I know. That's that's what I try to tell people, you know. Be, it, it's it's the legs are so long and and they're just just consume the sides of the glass. It's oh, amazing. Man. And then you get that you get that beautiful sweet from the corn. You get a little bit of that cream from the wheat. But the really the really stellar part about this is that almost hint of tea spice that you get mingled with yeah. the sweet at the end. It, it, it's damn near like a hint of sweet tea. And I mean that in like a, a flavor, not like a, it's, it doesn't taste like sweet tea, people. Just that little hint of, of tea spice at the end of it mingled with yeah. that honey cream from the wheat. Yeah. Good Lord. That is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it to me, it drinks. Um, and, and again, there's a lot of great weeded bourbons out there, but this drinks completely different than than a lot of them. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, I, I wasn't a huge weeded bourbon fan. Uh, it's a, it's great, but it just wasn't my go to. And the more, uh, you know, we've had this out on the market now for about five months, and this is becoming one of my um daily let's just have a weeded today versus uh let's have a high rye well you've got a lot going on in the glass uh the finish yeah. is also wonderful like like i, I know some people grab it everybody's got their preference but some folks will like something with zero burn i like something yes. that's got enough burn that i know i'm drinking whiskey and this right yes. here it doesn't light you up. It doesn't set you on no. fire, but you know, you had whiskey. Like there is definitely yeah. a whiskey hug to this that I prefer that I think is, yeah. uh, that's my jam. I, 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 I like it. It completes the experience for me when I feel yeah. that, that hint of hug at the bottom of it. And then to have that hug kind of uh, play with the palate. I think if it doesn't tie together, it's disjointed. Just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you on that. I, I want my, I want my finish to be flavor. And, yes. and, you know, so there's a difference between a finish that's just burn of alcohol and a finish that's burn of mm -hmm. the flavor of the bourbon. That's right. And with some I, nuance. Yeah. With some nuance in it. So that's where, that's where I think not only does our weeded bourbon go there, but so does our high rye and our single barrels because you, you, you enjoy the flavors and it just continues to change and, and you swallow and then you you swallow again. You're like, oh my gosh, there's this, there's that. You keep picking up different things. So, 
Well, then you the. Uh, I love the legs. Like I love the legs in the nose. I love uh, on, in the glass. I love the legs at the finish because it doesn't for ninety proof. It does not go away quickly, and you're sitting no. there and you're kind of um, you keep getting different notes. Like there's a little hint of cocoa in there. Yep, and it just plays so well together with every like man shouldn't be this like for 90 proof it should not have this complexity that it has like i mean it's it's yeah you know what i mean like it's an I'm it's glad impressive you said that. yeah thank you I'm, I'm glad you said that because we did get you know I, I can't say we caught heat but you know you're you're there's a lot you know the internet's great uh but you, you know you get a lot of uh sideline judges on yeah. everything and uh you know, we, we caught some heat for, oh, it's only 90 proof. It's only 90 proof. Well, you know, I say two things to that. First of all, you, you have to start somewhere. And, and <laughs> you know, we weren't going to go 80 and we weren't going to go 100 because what if we start at 100, then where do we go? Completely. You can't then come back out to, you know, with a 90. So you start with a solid, good, everyday drinking product. And then you build your portfolio from there. And, and, you know, and you, and then you have the buzz, you have people wanting to know more because if they already know that this weeded is really good, which it is, it's, it's astoundingly good. Then, okay, what happens next? You know, mm. it keeps like the finish on this. It, mm, I keep getting different things. I, I, I'm digging it. And, and yes, you're absolutely right. Like, where do you go next? If you start out, if you put out a hazmat first, then what are you going to do? Walk the yeah. consumer backwards. That never works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and to your point also, 90 proof works for this. Like, like yeah, it's great when you're putting it in the bottle. Sometimes you've got to let what tastes good dictates where it takes you. You know, that's exactly it. You know, I challenge you go back and nose that glass now. You'll pick up what you keep saying. Oh, that that, that, that uh, sweet tea. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Honey, sweet tea and honey. Yeah, once your palate finds it, it sends the uh, uh, sends those triggers straight to the nose. Yep, it's all that. It's all that good memory. Good lord, that is wow. That is phenomenal. Thank you, thank you. Hmm. Okay, I can see why we started there before we went to the bourbon. Yeah, but yeah, man, well, you kind of just want another pour of this weeded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the weeded bourbon's great, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but, but that's why I always tell consumers, you know, anytime I'm out doing tastings or, or uh, you know, dinner pairings or whatever, we, you know, we want to start with the weeded because, you know, the rye's just a different beast. And right. so it will skew your palate. You can't you can't go back and try to find those sweet flavors. So we've got all these sweet things going on now and our, on our palate. Now we're just going to add even more to it, which I think is is phenomenal. So, well, let's go. Where should we go? All right, for let's do it. So the next one you have is going to be our flagship, what we call our flagship. And so this is going to be our Green River. Yep. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It is 70 corn, 21 rye, 90% yep. malted barley. Yep. So an unusual thing that we did here was we literally have the exact same mash bills and switched, flipped that middle grain. That's all we did was flip that middle grain. So you can really see the difference between what a wheat does and what a rye does to a bourbon. Yeah, the nose is completely different on this. Completely different. And and quite frankly, a lot of people, and I would have to agree with them, 
a lot of people will will pick up the our high rye and and we I call this a high rye bourbon because at the point that it was released a high rye was considered you know 21% that was considered high right. now we're seeing 21 to 36 so we're really on a you know barely over that cusp but it really does not nose like it's got 21% rye in it no it it and to that point also isn't it crazy how the industry has changed in terms of what they find acceptable like rye yeah. people were hiding rye you couldn't give rye yes. away in 2010 yes. 2012 yes it, it, it's the consumers yeah. full circled on it I, I i think as their palate's grown and they've uh, kind of found other things to drink they want to try it they want to try yes that, what else is out there yeah now, i i say that too um i always you know people go oh i don't like rye whiskey and i was like well just give your palate some time because i didn't like rye whiskey either but as my palate has grown i love rye whiskey because now i can understand the flavors of it completely completely agree uh, and the more you, the more your palate grows, the broader you're going to find what you're, what you'll allow it to do. Like the rye whiskey, you might love it now, and then you'll try it done a completely different way that you'll either love you even more, or maybe you won't like as much. Like it, it's just yep. different by the day. Uh, every little thumbprint helps that palate move forward. Absolutely. And, you know, and I, I also say this to people, you know, what we've eaten that day will skew our palate. Uh, unfortunately, as we get older, we tend to take more medications. Uh, those medications will screw with our palate as well and cause us not to like something, whether it's alcohol related or not, it can be, be general food items. And, right. and, you know, you may not, you used to eat it all the time and now you either can't eat it or you just don't like the flavor of it. And so the same thing goes with bourbon, you know, our palates change and grow, you know, and they, and there's no, there's no right or wrong. It's just everybody's different, and and we just have to go with it. Well, that's also when people say they don't like something, I tell them to go back and try it a different day. If, if yep. you weren't feeling it on Monday, to your point, maybe you had something with a lot of garlic in it or something with a lot of acid yep. in it that's completely throwing your palate off. Uh, yep. Whenever I do a barrel pick, like it's super important that you don't completely wreck your main sensory tools before you get there so so yeah. don't don't drink orange juice that morning don't drink coffee that morning don't do anything that could throw your sinuses off it's it's yeah. it's a tool it's 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 got to be primed yeah and, and 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 again i i always say this too if you know you liked it before you then, do like then it let it yeah you still like it just let it sit out a little bit longer too you know mm-hmm mm-hmm mm. This is the one that got me to the dance. I, I This is why I wanted to talk to you today, today because uh, so many people recommended this Kentucky straight to me. And uh, right off the nose, that rye comes through. But you also get uh, – you get the rye, but you get a balance of like a, a cocoa – uh, a cocoa with that allspice. Like, like it's not completely yes. overpowered by – by the rye like it's still got its corn in there and that yes. barley comes through as well yeah it's it's just a it's a unique uh a unique high rye bourbon you know I, i've done a lot of tastings i've done i have a sensory tasting that i do with people uh i call it my traveling road road show and uh 
And that's the biggest thing is most people will go, I'll see their faces and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm probably not going to like this next one. And they'll take a sip of it and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I like it. I can't believe it has 21% rye in it. And that's because it just brings out a whole different, uh, whole different bag of, of flavors and aromas in this one. Uh, what are some of the sensory testing or what are some of the sensory uh, guidelines that you help people with when they're, when they're come, when they come see you at an event? Yeah. So, you know, I try to, it was a, it was a tough day when I sat down and tried to figure out what I wanted to use with each one of the products, you know, started at nine in the morning and by noon I was done, but, yeah. uh, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, I try to pick out two common things. Our mind, our, we, we have a huge vocabulary. And if I tell you that I pick up nutmeg in our weeded, you're going to go, okay, but do you really know what nutmeg smells like? That's the hardest and, and part so, about giving you know, notes. Right. If we go back and we actually smell the nutmeg and then we can find it in, in the bourbon. So that's what I try to do is to, is to show people, you know, when, when we're saying, oh, it smells like caramel, it smells like tobacco, it smells like this. That's because we have to go back. We have a huge vocabulary, but our senses get skewed along the way. So we, right. we need to go back and, and read teach our senses, you know, what they are, you know, I say cinnamon, well, there's four different types of cinnamon. Well, so right. Which cinnamon are we talking about? You know what I mean? So, totally. you know, that's what I try to do with everybody is I put two sensory items with each one of our products. And then I, and then what I've done is to take, make sure that all six of those will interact with each other so that they can pull those things out of, of other ones as well as we go through the tasting. So that's what I, the, I, I think it's important because I think it's a, it's a very lost thing. Everybody just goes out and starts drinking bourbon and then they take somebody else's word for it. Right. And, and it's like, no, find it out for yourself. And here, let me show you how to do it so that you can become, you know, more confident in your, in your drinking skills and your sensory skills as well. Well, and that's and why I, I always tell people too, that, you know, one of the first things that we pick up when we're nosing something is a memory. Oh, it's it, fair point. You know, it, it's a memory. I, I love that. And that's why I like having people like yourself on the show, uh, because when you've got you don't always get people knowledgeable enough to express what they're what they're drinking. And then it can I, I think that's why the Internet tends to punch down so often yeah. is because maybe they're not or either they're doing it for the wrong reason, which is just to say something's bad or they right. don't get it. And they're saying something's bad because they don't understand it. So right. have people like yourself on because you know what you're talking about and you can actually educate, which is sort of the goal with new whiskey drinkers is to let them know right. what they can do to elevate that sensory palate and get it to that next level. Uh, and, and you'll yes. get, you'll get stuck from time to time. I've got like a, yes. a, a little sensory cheat kit that every time that I feel like I'm, do you ever feel stuck? Do you ever feel like, yeah. like not, not necessarily that you're burnt out, but definitely that you're just kind of, um, I, everything's starting to smell muddy. Like the same with when you yeah. paint, if you put too many colors together, it'll, it'll eventually start looking muddy. I've got like a little sensory cheat kit that I keep with me. That's just like a collection of a variety of things that if I need to jumpstart the nose, you can pull that out. Maybe everything from honey to nutmeg to salt to just things that could just jump in there and, and, and reactivate yourself. 
Yeah. My, my friends like to do that to me all the time. And, and you know, part of it, I, I really enjoy it, to be honest with you. Uh, they think it's fun to see if I can pick out, you know, who's, which one, which class is what. Um, but I also find it helpful for me because it keeps my senses alert, Complete. you know, and, and that is one thing that, um, you know, I, I always tell people too. If you had COVID, you you your your palate's all screwed up. Yeah, you know, you, you may have to go back and re. Yeah, you have to go back and retrain everything. And and even when we get our standard, you know, just colds and whatnot, you know, it takes a minute to get those things back because when you think about eating regular food, you're like, oh, this doesn't taste good right, right. now. Well, your your system's out of whack. So you know, just don't you know, never judge a bourbon by one or two sips. That, that's one of my golden rules. Never judge a bourbon by one or two sips. And like you said, if you tasted it on Monday and it didn't taste right, then taste it again on, on Tuesday and see because the day, the climate, the everything, there's so many factors in it. Your mood. I always tell people, yeah, your mood. don't try a new yeah. whiskey on a bad day. If, if you're <laughs> having a bad day, drink a tried and true that you know brings you out of that. Because you're Drink probably comfort bourbon. <laughs> yeah, you need comfort bourbon. You're absolutely right. If you try yeah. something that's completely foreign to your palate and you're already yep. in an angry state of mind, then you're just going to yep. project that on and then you're going to think you hate that bourbon. You don't. It's yeah. just your brain's not ready for like you're you're in a bad place. The bourbon's right yep. where it was. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly it. And, and, you know, so that's, you know, what you're just saying. That's a passion of mine to teach people. To, to look at it from multiple perspectives and not just one. I love the nose of Isn't this. Isn't this ridiculous? Oh, man. Like like the further down you get, too. Like uh, I'm a couple sips in at this point, And that nose when the glass is almost empty is always one of my favorite noses because that's where it's like <laughs> you've still got some liquid, but you've also got what's been uh, sitting on the sidelines on the side of that glass now. And you get yep. like that combination of what went into making it and then what the final product was just sitting next to one another. Yeah. And this just um, for me, our high rye bourbon just keeps getting sweeter and sweeter and sweeter on the nose. Oh, yeah. Just just phenomenal. And this is the same proof, isn't it? Isn't this 90 proof as well? 90 proof. Yeah. Same proof, same age statement. You're, oh. you're looking at a five year old profile on both of these. God, I love that you guys came out with a five year. I, I love that it didn't start at, at anything less than that because it, it just works. Yeah. And, you know, oh, man. Go, you, you have your weeded glass there. Mm -hmm. Go back and nose your weeded glass and compare it to your rye glass. You will. Oh man. It is mind it, it is mind blowing. But the beauty of that is it makes the weeded almost more pronounced because now yes. you you've got like a muscle memory and you remember yep. what it was and it's heightened yep. due to the, the 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 second pour. Man. It is it is honey nut cheerios right there. <laughs> yeah, but that, that that beauty honey like the, the beauty of a honey nut cheerios uh, uh uh where like you've already eaten it and you've just got what's yeah. like like that bottom of the bowl where it's just all of that fragrant the milk, honey where the milk has just sucked yes a thousand percent uh that 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 may be a weird one to anybody listening but that, that when you buy a bottle of this and and try it you're definitely going to get that when that glass is empty and you go back and nose it Yep. Trust us on this one. Man, that is beautiful. Yeah. Good Lord. Two but this, for two. This high rye bourbon is just, uh, I mean, 
I enjoy it neat. That's that's what works for my palate. I enjoy it neat. I love mm-hmm. where the spice sits on my palate. Um, it, you know, it just it just carries through and and leaves my mouth with such a uh, an explosion of flavors. Well, and it's right that, there on the sides of your tongue too, like mid palate yeah. where it should be. But then those spice uh, uh, that rye sits on the left and right which should be it should be it's hard to say should be sour should be it should be sour but it does not for it it somehow takes the side of your tongue and turns it into like this beautiful cinnamon uh cinnamon spice yeah yeah i i like um for me with our rye i i equate the spices to all spice Mm -hmm. I, i think because we're 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 encompassing a lot of different spices there which Some as you drink spice. through it yeah you, as you drink through it you keep picking up different ones whether it's cinnamon or whether it's the the a little aspect of clove or you know it, it really pulls it all together to say that that uh that all hint, spice just works for me that hint of clove might be how it's sitting so nicely on the on the left and right yeah because it's got just enough to kind of play with it and not overpower uh, those receptors. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So if that is the 90 proof, you have been <laughs> gracious enough to send me. I, I love that you put the name on the bottle. That makes me happy. You sent me some single barrel. We've gone from 90 proof up to 119. And I yeah. cannot wait for this. Uh, it was just it just came out a couple weeks ago. You guys just did the official release uh, right before you yeah. and I started talking. Tell me about the single barrel. Uh, tell me about its availability. Where where and when are people going to be able to get it? Because this is what people you were talking a minute ago about where to take the consumer. You're going to take them on a journey. You've started them here and now you're taking them up to uh, single barrel proof. So walk yeah. me through. Walk me through that. So. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what we decided to do was that we're pretty limited this year. And I, I say we're limited not only on our Green River side, but on our Bardstown Bourbon side. So we started with essentially about 100 barrels on each distillery uh, that we're doing single barrel picks with. And we're really focusing on our on our um, on-premise accounts, on our off-premise accounts, uh, wanting to let them, you know, enjoy that that initial launch of it and as we grow and as the, as we get older we'll have more barrels coming behind because you know when we first started we weren't producing ninety thousand barrels a year we were producing eighteen thousand barrels a year so the supply is a little limited on this and we came out with our full proof on this so at 119 um and the barrels that we're picking to use for our single barrel program range between 120 and 124 um, and then we're going to proof it to 119. We find that the 119 gives it a really nice balance, uh, and that it really it allows the the consumer to explore everything that's going on in all of our bourbons. And we're only using our high rye bourbon barrels, mm. so these are all 70 corn, 21 rye, nine percent malted barley. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I think I'm actually uh, I'm going to be with you guys in October. Uh, participating in one of these picks. Nice. Well, then I will see you in person. Yes. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. 
You're looking at 119. You just want to jump in this glass, don't you? You do. I think what surprises most people is that, you know, when you compare a 90 proof bourbon to a 119 proof bourbon, you're expecting your your senses to get shocked by the, the, the jump in proof. And what you're going to find is that you don't. You, you mm-hmm. don't get that jump in proof on your senses. You actually pick up it's very sweet uh, to me. It's very, very sweet on the nose. All of our single barrels have been coming out this way. And and that is just mind-blowing to most people because uh, we're, we're not expecting to get um, slapped in the face with, with so many sweet notes. We're expecting to pick up those spices and that heat of the proof. Well, I think, too, though, that 90 proof has your, your nose primed a little bit on what to look for. Sure. So, we just drank the first one. I'm, I'm, you go back and you nose it, and you're like, okay, you're getting a hint of what you're finding in the barrel, in the uh, in the single barrel. So now you go in to nose it, and it's like uh, you're you're talking memory a moment ago. Your your nose is telling your brain, okay, this is basically what we just had. Let's take those notes and amplify it. And yeah, you get those sweet uh, where it was. Uh, it's like what did spinal tap say it's now that sweet but it's been turned up to 11 yeah and you get a hint of dark fruit like like the dark fruit comes through this in the nose much more than it does in the uh in the in the 90 proof to me it's the dark fruit and the dark sweet without saying too much i don't like to Mm -hmm. put i don't like Mm -hmm. thoughts in people's minds no no i'm with you i'm totally with you because it's the this is always my favorite part, which makes for the worst, uh, the worst listening, because me and you're both just like in, in enthralled in the uh, in the aroma. Uh, and it's well, also hard because I can't make eye contact with you while I do they this. They know we were like rolling our eyes back. <laughs> our heads, so. Oh, beautiful notes of butterscotch at the tail end of the dark fruit. And it's that sweet. It's that it's it's. But it's not so much butterscotch. It's like it's a it, there's more of a it's a toasted note it's, more so than that than a, that butterscotchy. To me, to me, it's it. So butterscotch, caramel, and toffee are all in the same family. And I feel for me, what ours does is we start with the butterscotch toffee and roll into the caramel. And to be honest with you, uh, I get a lot of maple syrup notes. That, okay. Okay. Because it's not quite butterscotch and it's not quite it's not quite creme brulee, but it's somewhere right. in the middle. So I, I, I can see that that burnt sugar that you get from a maple. Yeah. That makes sense. But the nose sort of goes to all three places because you go it, it does. one it, it, with, with the maple kind of being the after effect of having butterscotch creme brulee. Then the sugar, it's like a chemical reaction in your nose that takes you to the maple. Yes. And I think for for anybody that that is going to be able to have the luxury of experiencing one of our single barrels, you're going to find your own. Oh, my gosh, I pick out the butterscotch. Oh, my gosh, I pick out the maple. Oh, my gosh, I pick out the caramel. There, well, there is no, no right wrong or answer. Right. Yeah, there is no wrong answer. Which it's people need to know. Like, I, I think they get in a group of others and they try to like um, 
go with the flow and uh, uh, because they don't want to be seen as not knowing what they're talking about. That's exactly you it. Say the first thing that you think, because that could be the thing that ties it together for everybody else. Like just because because right. you've normally got three types of nosers and uh, or, or three types of note givers um, scared, legitimate and full of shit. Like that's yeah. the spectrum. <laughs> I and, agree and, with you on that. Well, you know, don't be scared because scared is going to keep others from hearing what might be tying it together from them. And don't be full of shit because nobody's tasting a walk through a rainforest in the Amazon on the third day of August. That's not That's happening. Not, that is so true. That is so true. Yeah. You know, and, and again, I'll still go back to the whole memory thing. You know, um, my family up here in Kentucky, we used to grow tobacco. And so mm, I'm very mm-hmm. used to walking into a, a tobacco barn and the scent of a tobacco barn is stuck in my memory. So to tell me when I tell people I can pick out tobacco, I'm not talking about cigarettes. I'm not talking about no, cigars. No. I'm not talking about pipes. I'm talking about a tobacco leaf drying in a barn. And it has such a unique, sweet smell that it's a very positive memory for me. And and so I can pull that out really quick. The same reason that people can pull out, you know, the nutmeg, if that's what their grandmother used to cook with a whole lot of or the clove or the whatever. So, you know, exactly to your point, you know, say what's on your mind, because it's going to trigger something else in somebody else. You know, that's right. And coming from North Carolina, I know exactly what you mean by that tobacco. And it's weird how that then takes you to not only a sensory memory, but like a, a logistic memory, like a real memory where yeah. like the first time uh, uh, you had to be told not to touch the tied together uh, uh, tobacco that was drying and you didn't yeah. listen. And then your hands were black for like a week. Yep. And then you smelled like tobacco and everything else. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. Good times. That that word I don't think is used uh, uh, well enough because everybody says tobacco curing tobacco is is the smell it is that sweetness go. the sweetness that comes off of it while it is hanging in the barn yeah and, and i i think that little word really cements that flavor note i would i i'm going to steal that because i would agree with you 100 percent. this is another one that you just want to sit in the nose but then you dive in and the flavor bomb on this thing is how how when Will more of this be available? Because this is one of those things that you guys have a home run right here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, you know, our intentions are to expand it each year. Um, to what degree will really depend. We're really picky on the barrels that we use for this program, uh, and, and rightfully so. You know, we don't just want to just throw barrels out there and let people just have at it. That's not our goal. Our goal is to make sure that everybody gets a quality. Uh, product and and something that they really are proud of that they came and picked. So I think you'll see a, a little greater expansion next year. And, and in and in probably a year or two, you'll see a huge expansion. Because when we first started, we were only doing like 18,000 barrels a year. And then we mm. jumped up to 90,000 barrels a year, you know, a few years after that. And the logistics uh, so that of makes that's a huge mind difference. blowing. Yeah, yeah that's, that's I, I can't even difference. picture that. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, you know, I I say this when people come to the distillery and they see the still, they're still dumbfounded. You know, we have two 36 inch column stills at Bardstown and we're adding an, you know, adding another one. We're in the process of an expansion there. And our 154 inch column still was almost keeping up to those two 36 inch column stills. 
you know, when wow. you think about it, I mean, that, that is just absolutely mind blowing. So, uh, you know, I, it's, it's just a really fun time to be at our distillery. And, and I, I tell people too, here's, here's a fun fact that most people don't know. So when the Medleys had our distillery, they were producing Ezra Brooks and Mellow Corn before they mm. shut everything down. Right. And really? then they sold those brands. Yeah. They sold those brands off. But the same copper doubler that was producing those is the same copper doubler that we're using. Beautiful. And what does all the what does all the refining in the bourbon? The doubler. Right. The doubler does it. So, you know, we have we How we cool are, is that? We're on right. We're we are on we are in such rare company right now to be able to do this and to bring back this iconic brand that it is just absolutely um it's just fun it's fun to be here it's fun to go out and taste this with people i mean you you see what we're getting right now it's also and great you that you were able to bring this back and have it be like 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 return to its place on the shelf as as, as yeah. a top sipper you know yeah yeah. And to make it at a price point where people can afford it. You know, that's the whole thing. You don't don't be afraid to go get it. You're not going to be disappointed in, in the in the drink. You know, you're not going to be disappointed in any of the pours. You're not going to be disappointed if you give this to, as a gift to somebody because it's just a solid product, you know, at a reasonable price. And don't get mad at me, but I think you guys almost have this underpriced. Like you could sell yeah. this for you could sell this for fifty to sixty and not nobody would be mad at fifty five. You could sell this for fifty five and nobody be mad at you. True, but you know, I, I think one of the one of the goals too was to not make people want to look at it and go, hmm, I don't know. We've got a you know we got an unknown here. They're a, they're they're a distillery way out from far from everybody. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're on the Bourbon Trail and uh, we've been on the Bourbon yeah. Trail for, for quite a few years got rated the fourth best tour on the bourbon trail. And we compete with the big boys. We're not on the craft trail. We're on the big boy trail. And, you know, to say, Oh, well, I'm going to take and go two hours West of everybody and go see your distillery. But I always tell people, you know, you go to our Bardstown campus and it's, it's state of the art Napa Valley. You yes. come to our distillery and you walk back into time. And it's a perfect spectrum. Though, take it? away from, huh? It's a perfect spectrum though. Cause like oh, you kind of get spectrum. both. Perfect. Perfect balance of everything. So, yeah. Balanced is the perfect word. And yeah, this, it's a, it's a perfect balance of everything. Yeah. This single barrel is so balanced. It is just absolutely, it's dangerous because it doesn't drink like a 119. Like there's no that's, burn on it at all. That's, that's what I tell everybody too. I, I, I always tell them, I said, be careful because, uh, I, you know, a lot of times if I'm doing my tasting, I'll bring barrel proof. Um, sometimes I have a barrel that I, I like. I call it my honey barrel. Uh, and I usually bring that with me when I do special tastings. And, and uh, my 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 experience is called the Glen Karen experience, if you if you will. Uh, so that's how I spell my I name. I love puns. Yeah. See, yeah. Since I spell my name the way that I do it, you know, for those of you that are listening, I'm a C Karen. I'm not a K Karen. So that's been pretty important. Uh, right. Gotta, a gigantic gotta, indicator of the past two or three years. It is a gigantic indicator, right? And I drink bourbon, so I can't be bad, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I always, a lot of times I won't tell anybody what the proof is. I make them tell me and they, they instantly know it's higher in proof, but they have no idea that it is closer to the 120, you know, proof in right. range. And, uh, and that's a testament to the quality to me, a testament to the quality of our product 
and the balance of our product that it, it's just really, really good. Well, you'll get no argument here. Uh, I had not had the weeded before today. That was a, a very welcome addition uh, uh, in my eyes to your guys' repertoire. And then to have the barrel, the single barrel right after the bourbon, just phenomenal. Just very good whiskey all the way around. Thank you Thank for you. sharing it with me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Happy to do it. Glad you got it. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I look forward to seeing you in October. Yeah, I hope so, too. But, you know, before we go, I know I know people are listening and everything, but um, <laughs> I want to point out you have one of our bottles there. If you pick up the bottle and you notice that's in the shape of a horseshoe. On yes. The bottom. Yes. We glossed yeah. right over that. Yeah. So that is part of the original logo from 1885. And it was just it was just abundantly important to us to honor the history of that brand. And that's why we did the bottle in the shape that it that it's in so that people understood this is just an old iconic brand, you know, and uh, and the tax stamp on it, again, going back to, you know, pre-prohibition and making sure that people had a quality product. It was a sign of a quality product and that you didn't have to be afraid of it, that it was going to kill you like so many things did. <laughs> um, so and, and I'll tell you one more caveat. What we did not know that we did is that you have a bottle there so you can you can try this, Jesse. But the bottle, because of the horseshoe shape, you can actually slide a quarter right up underneath it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll actually a coin a quarter will work and it'll slide right, right up under right there. It'll slide right up underneath it. So <laughs> we uh, we we didn't really we found out about it after we launched the brand, but we really didn't say a whole lot about it because we didn't want people to think we were coming out with a gimmick bourbon. You know, it's right. not that in the slightest. But now that everybody <laughs> understands that it's a really good bourbon, we're going to go and say, you know what? Have fun with it as well. We call it shoot the shoe. Uh, so, you know, you can, you can, uh, sit around with your friends and just have some fun with it. And that's why hopefully your listeners, if they have it in there, in the area, you know, go get a bottle and I'm not, I'm not joking. You can really do it. You know, it's, a, it's play just some fun. green river quarters, play some green river quarters. That's exactly <laughs> it. Well, and a lot of people, everything in whiskey costs money. So when you yes. pick a bottle, a specific bottle design, and when you do something that is outside of the approved norm, it costs money. So yes. you guys went above and beyond uh, the shape that you picked, the rounded by, uh, uh, square front, rounded back, horseshoe bottom. There's nothing cheap about this whatsoever. And yeah. uh I think that's true of the whiskey as well. Like it is a quality product in a bottle. Thank you. Thank you so much. And really I appreciate you giving me some time today. It's been no, thank you for having great me. getting to know you. Yeah, you as well. Can't wait to uh, meet you in person. For sure. And uh, you heard what Karen was telling us about the uh, the bourbon trail. I know September is right around the corner. A lot of you are going to be in Kentucky for the various festivals going on in September. If you're out and about on the bourbon trail, head on up to Green River and see the fourth uh, voted fourth. You said best fourth tour best in whiskey. On the bourbon trail. Yeah, that's awesome. That is uh, that's everybody does. I, I think the beauty of going back to Kentucky so often is people are always looking for that experience they haven't had. Yep. Go to Green River, see the tour you haven't seen, experience something uh, something new and something old at the same time. Yep, absolutely. Now we're we're pitching for the Discovery Channel show. 
Yeah, and if, back you, in time. if you can't get to the distillery, I'll be at the uh, Bourbon Festival, so be sure to come oh, by beautiful. and see us. And uh, you know, uh, I will I will drop a hint for your listeners that we may be we may have something special at the Bourbon Festival too. Oh, so you, you never know. A little spoiler alert right there. So be on the lookout alert. for Karen and Green River at the uh, Kentucky Bourbon Festival as well. I'll I'll be there too. So uh, uh, you might run into me and Karen sharing a pour. There you go. All right, Karen, it's been a pleasure uh, getting to know you, tasting through some delicious whiskey. Uh, Please come back again and have another pour with us. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. You as well. Cheers. Cheers. There you have it, everybody. That is this week's episode. I want to thank Karen Wells for coming on to the show, for talking that delicious Green River whiskey with us. It was a damn good time and a great trip. Not only was it fun sitting down with her for this interview, but also going to Kentucky, doing a barrel pick with her and Steve. It was just one of those. I mean, first off, to make a barrel pick a good barrel pick, you got to be with people that you like. Got to sit down with my buddies at Liquor at the Lake, go through these barrels, taste them, figure out which ones we like. Everybody's got a different way of doing it. I dig the way they do it. That's why they're picking as many good barrels as they are. So go to Liquor at the Lake. You can pick up a barrel. You can pick up. You can't pick up a barrel, but you can pick up a bottle today if you go. I believe there's a few left. It just launched recently. They are flying off the shelves, though, so a little bit of a pitch right there. If you want one, I'd go get it because these guys are known for their picks, and it won't last long. And thank you guys for inviting me to go on the pick with you. Karen, as always, it was fun hanging out. It was great picking your brain about whiskey in person as well as in this interview. So everybody listening, just know that this is I'm a, I'm a happy guy right now. I got to talk whiskey, got to drink whiskey, got to pick whiskey. All of this just made it a damn good time. So thank you guys for listening. We got more show coming at you next week. We've got Barrel coming back onto the program. We've got New Riff. We've got Buzzard's Roost. We've got a gigantic two-parter coming up with somebody I'm not it's going to be a surprise it's going to be unrolled as a surprise so we're going to have a pretty massive season finale for season seven of the bourbon showdown we do ask that you go hit like and subscribe on all the things on youtube on instagram go to apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review tell us what you think of us it's really just a lot of fun putting this thing together drinking whiskey with good people and talking about it that's what this show is all about and we thank you guys for coming back week after week And having said that, we're in the holiday season, people. It's time to give the gift of whiskey to those you love. Go find a bottle that you think they'll like. Think about somebody other than yourself for a minute and give them some of that goodness. Give them some of that goodness and however that means to you. So in the interim, while you're thinking about that, get ready for next week because we're coming back at you with more Bourbon Showdown. So for now, let's raise a glass and kick some ass. I'll see you guys on down the road. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.